Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and as always, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, first off, we're going to be starting off with, of course, another great round uh, of the Coach's Corner panel, and I'll bring out the, uh, uh, tonight's panelists here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, I'm going to be joined by my very special guest tonight, uh, Mitchell Crum. He's the director and founder of Elite Golf Group, LLC. Uh, he'll be joining me on the second half of the show. Um, but let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And, of course, the best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com and uh, type in Golf Talk Live, and that will bring you to the main page, and you can listen to us live on Thursday evenings, or you can scroll down to the on-demand section at any time after tonight's broadcast, and you can listen to the recorded version in its entirety uh, whenever it is convenient for you. Some other great ways to tune into the program, of course, is to visit iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn.com, or now TalkStreamLive.com, uh, and, and again, just type in Golf Talk Live, and that will take you, uh, of course, to the respective pages on those social media outlets. Um, but thank you for those of you uh, able to tune in live tonight. I appreciate it, as always. Um, don't forget, you can always call in and speak to any of the guests by doing so. Just call uh, area code 646-716-4667, or you can simply email me any questions uh, to me personally. My email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And if you're somebody in the uh, golf industry, you don't necessarily have to be a golf uh, teacher professional or coach. Uh, Maybe you've got a great product or service that you're offering, uh, or maybe you've written a great uh, golf book uh, to help uh, some of those struggling golfers out there. Again, uh, and you want to be a guest on the show, you can reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And just a quick note for you uh, coaches and golf pros out there that have uh, either been on the show as a, a regular panelist or maybe you're interested in throwing your hat in on a, a future Coach's Corner show. Uh, we're pretty much, of course, booked up for this year, but I'm going to be sending out uh, the schedule uh, for next year. So by all means, feel free to send me an email and say, hey, I want to throw my hat in the ring and join the Coach's Corner panel. So, uh, And you want to do it quick because it'll fill up real fast. Uh, and as I said, also, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And, of course, I update on all the social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And uh, so you can always get uh, on my personal page or Golf Talk Live blog is the uh, uh, show page on uh, Facebook and, of course, my personal uh, on LinkedIn, uh, you can check it out there. And on Twitter, my handle is Ted and Buck CEO, and CEO of course is in capital letters. Uh, all right, uh, just a quick uh, recommend or notification, if you will, uh, to remind everybody of our great sponsor for the Coach's Corner panel. Of course, I'm talking about GolfSwing.com. Uh, they've uh, come on board and they've been sponsoring for the last several weeks, and are going to be for the next several months uh, the key sponsor for the Coach's Corner panel here on Golf Talk Live. 
Uh, let me tell you a little bit about them. Golfswing.com with its uh, cutting edge technology have teamed up alongside some of the best golf instructors, coaches, and swing gurus in the business. Uh, together, they have created one of the best video teaching and training online platforms in golf. So if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best. In addition, uh, excuse me, in addition to sponsoring the Coach's Corner segment, uh, every week I'll post a different golf instructional video tip. And for the last few weeks, I've been featuring, of course, my good friend John uh, Decker, who, of course, has also not only been a guest on the show, but is uh, a guest, uh, regular guest panelist here on the Coach's Corner. Uh, I'm going to be featuring his final video uh, after the show tonight on all of my social media platforms. So keep an eye out for that. So uh, remember to join today and watch, practice, and improve your game by visiting golfswing.com. Okay, as I mentioned, we're going to start off with uh, Coach's Corner. So let me introduce the, the two panelists tonight, and then we'll get right into our discussion. Uh, first up, of course, is a young lady who's been on the show many, many times, also as a, a featured guest, but also a regular panelist. I'm, ta- of course, talking about Jamie Leno-Zimron. Uh, she's a speaker, uh, instructor, body worker, and consultant. She's also an Aikido six-degree black belt, uh, Class A uh, LPGA teach professional, a corporate and conference speaker, as well as an executive trainer and coach. Uh, she's a speaker for Vistage International and the Executive Committee of Canada. Also uh, rounding out the panel tonight is a good friend, John Hughes. He's a PGA master professional, as well as the president of the North Florida PGA section. And he was the 2013 Peach of America uh, Horton Smith Award recipient, and he's one of the top 30 instructors uh, for Golf Tips magazine, so you want to make sure you check that out as well to see some great tips that John puts forward. So guys, uh, welcome to uh, the Coach's Corner panel. Thanks, Thank Ted. Thank you, Ted. Happy All to right, be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, you were able to uh, join in. And as always, guys, as I said off air, uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, giving of your time. I know it's not always easy uh, after having a busy day, and and uh, Jamie, a special note. I'm I'm glad that you're uh, back safe and sound in California. You've been traveling a lot this year, so I'm glad you're you've made it homebound for for one of the shows. I know you've been on the on the uh, travel agenda for quite some time now, so I'm sure you're you're relieved to be back home as well. But um, as I said, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to talk about um, breaking golf down to its simplest form, uh, and I've got some great questions for you tonight. But the first one I'm going to start, and Jamie, I'm going to start with you if you don't mind. Um, I want to read something out. We, uh, Cindy Miller and I, of course, I'm talking about LPJ professional Cindy Miller uh, and myself who host uh, the Women of Golf show here on the blogtalkradio.com network on Tuesday mornings. Uh, we had the honor and pleasure of having Susie Myers, a, a great uh, PJ member, this past Tuesday uh, to talk about her book, uh, Golf from Point A. So I want to read something out, and then, Jim, I'm going to uh, post the question that I'm going to have for you and John. Uh, her book, Golf from Point A, Point A is a starting point, a turning point, and a point of no return. Uh, once you discover its uh, logical simplicity, you won't want to think any other way. Uh, it's always a new beginning, a fresh start, free of burdens from the past or fears of the future. There is no point B. There is only the next point A. And really, in a sense, Jamie, what she's talking about that is to really focus on the here and now uh, when you're out in the golf course, focus on the shot at hand and not be thinking about the last two or three shots, uh, good or bad, and not necessarily thinking about uh, future holes, but to focus on point A, where you are right now at the shot at hand. How important is that for our amateur golfers to sort of adopt that philosophy? Point A, that's a nice way to think about things. It reminds me of what we call in the martial arts beginner's mind or in sort of Zen 
meditation practice is beginner's mind, which is even if we're advanced <laughs> or even if we're older, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. But that if we can bring this sense of beginner's mind, of an open mind, a fresh mind, uh, an excitement, uh, a presence in the moment, a feeling of discovery all of the time, uh, that, that that's really a place where we, we can learn, where we can be in kind of a peak performance zone. When we sort of know it all, <laughs> you know, things can get kind of stale or we are not paying as much attention as we may need to. And so uh, that's, that's what hearing about uh, you know, Susie's formulation of point A just sort of uh, reminds me of uh, to, to want to suggest that to all golfers. And beginner's mind, again, it doesn't mean that you're a beginner. It just means that right. you have that sense of, of openness and of wonder and of presence. Um, and the other thing is I, I always love the question, what's the most important shot in golf? And the answer is this one. <laughs> so, right. You know, because think, what's the most important shot in golf? Is it your drive? Is it your putt? Is it your chip? Is it your bunkers? Is it, you know, uh, but if the most important shot in golf is this one, that means that, and it's really true if you think about it. I mean, it's kind of like that's really the only shot that we have. It's amazing how we remember uh, so many shots, right? We, it, we can, yep. it's just the way we can sing lyrics from a song that, uh, from, you know, from a Beatles song, right? You never even thought about it. We can remember and recite uh, what we did on holes from 30, 40 years ago. But the truth is the only shot that we really have is one, the one that we're playing right now. And so it kind of goes together with that sense of heightened presence. And that's really what it takes when we talk about focus or concentration, those things all happen in the moment. A golf swing happens in the moment. And so that's really where we need to be, I would say. And that's something, it's so fundamental, and yet it's kind of the hardest thing to do. Right. Well said, Jamie. Um, and you're exactly right. John, you know, really what Susie was, was talking about in her book, um, and, and, and Jamie, I know, has covered a lot of it, um, but really from that point A, um, you know, so many golfers, uh, especially, and, and the reason why, and I'm certainly not picking on beginners or, or some of our high handicap golfers, but a lot of the problems that I think that they have is they're too focused on the shot that's already happened um, or the hole that's already happened instead of focusing on the here and now, as Jamie just pointed out. So um, to, to sort of add a little bit of a different uh, scope on things for this question for you, what I'd like for you to do is maybe uh, maybe give us an example or two of what you try to do to evade, if you will, your students that you're working with from falling into that trap about not focusing on the here and now and spending too much time about what's happened or what may happen in the future. What do you do to, to sort of uh, combat that uh, that uh, sort of stereotypical uh, problem? Well, you, you hit it right on the head when you said what may happen because sometimes the past, whether you're an amateur or even a touring professional, you, you sort of will the past into the future. And from that standpoint of view, practicing in the here and now is is really fundamental. Uh, it sounds like a more advanced technique. It sounds like something a better player is going to do. But I think once the the average amateur is the phrase I use, 
embraces the fact that you should be practicing here and now. It's not about mechanical this or technical that or, uh, hey, I, I, I hit it chunky the past three shots. Well, who cares? You have another opportunity right, right now. How are you going to take advantage right. of that? Oh, but, you know, it could be that I could do this again. And I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. We're right here. We're right now. Uh, what can you do right now? Not necessarily to fix the past and not to make perfect the future. What can you do right now to ensure success for you? And let's give the term success a broad definition. The, I, I love this conver- where this conversation is going because this is something I work with everybody with. Uh, I started doing this several years ago. It's really made a big difference in the average amateur. It's made a big difference in that plateau. Or what, what I mean by that is someone that 10 to 15 handicap, no matter what they're doing, they just can't seem to break it. And once they start embracing the fact that let's start practicing in, in a more realistic connotation, or let's put you in some moments that occur and let's help you work yourself out of it, but realize that what happened in the past doesn't matter. And what's going to happen in the future, that's the future. You can't predict it. But what you have control over, and that's really what I focus on, is right now. You have control over that. Let's go through the inventory of what you have control over right now. Let's forget about the things you don't have control over, but let's use them as a variable so you can do the things necessary to hit a successful shot. Successful as far as broad, let's get it motoring down the fairway. Let's have it in play. Let's not not have you penalized in any way. Uh, let's give you another shot of hitting another now shot versus having to rehash what you did and then try to get yourself out of trouble. When you're willing yourself into the trouble, you'll get there. But it's really about clearing yourself, focusing on what you do best, and remembering that over and over and over again. I've had this conversation with several people the past three or four days. If it's not broken, why are you fixing it? Uh, within regards to that, if your pre-shot routine is setting you up each and every time to hit good shots, why are you trying to do something different and either add a negative connotation into it or put yourself in a position where you have no control of the future, yet you, you put too much pressure on that and you forget about what is point A right now. Right. Uh, well said, uh, John. And, and you, you bring up a point that I was actually going about to make, and that is about the pre-shot routine. Uh, I think that you can equate a lot of problems with golfers um, that I see in having a very poor pre-shot routine. They don't know where to start. They don't know where that point A is. And a lot of times, if you have developed a solid pre-shot routine, as you said, uh, John, you know, you can set yourself up for success. That doesn't mean that every shot is going to be pure and, and everything is going to be exactly the way you want it. But you, you can repeat that performance by getting yourself starting from a solid foundation. And the only way to do that is to develop a solid pre-shot routine and go through that routine for each and every shot. And it's like uh, a, a mini novel, if you will. You have a beginning uh, you have sort of a middle, which of course is your shot, and then you have an end, which is your post-shot uh, routine as well. And I think what a lot of golfers do is they fall into that trap is once they have a bad shot or a bad hole even, 
they get out of that routine. And now all of a sudden they're scrambling and think, oh, God, I don't want to hit that shot again. So they start letting all kinds of negative uh, self-talk, if you will, get into their mind and prevent them from getting back on track. And the only way to do that is to go back to that ground zero, if you will, of that pre-shot routine. In other words, block out the mental uh, negativity and say, okay, this is what I've got to do. I'm on the, on the current shot right now, and I'm going to go through my routine. In other words, get refocused on the current shot that's at hand. And I think that's a problem that a lot of amateurs and even some professionals I've seen every once in a while, uh, if they've got a really bad uh, or important tournament and they've had uh, maybe a string of bad holes, sometimes I can, I've seen top pros uh, get derailed a little bit. But uh, great answers, guys. I appreciate you uh, uh, tackling that right from the get-go. All right, uh, John, I'm going to start with you on this one here, and I want to read something out first, and then we'll get into uh, our scenarios. So I want to break things down, as I mentioned, uh, in the most basic form so that uh, this will hopefully cover a wide range of golfers uh, that they can take a little, way, a little something away from, from the discussion tonight. And all of this, of course, will be centered on time. Uh, why? Well, because uh, this is the most uh, precious resource that we have, and it's certainly the most important thing uh, for getting good golf scores. Uh, so if you want to get to a certain level of play, time is going to be your biggest limiting factor. Uh, this will greatly influence what your expectations should be. Uh, a lot of people argue about the best way to lower your scores for a golfer. However, most of these debates forget to talk about what kind of time uh, it's going to take to get there. So um, this is a missing piece of the puzzle, if you will, and probably the most important one. Uh, adding you know, 20 to 30 yards to your drives and becoming more proficient with your irons is going to lead to dramatic drops in scores, of course, uh, but there's just you know, one small issue. For most players, that takes a tremendous amount of time to get there. Uh, so let's go through these uh, scenarios, uh, which again are all based on time. So the first one, John, uh, is I guess probably a very obvious one, uh, and this is one we hear a lot about in today's uh, uh, golf market, if you will, uh, there's almost no time to practice or play much. So in a scenario like that, where you've got a golfer that, that you know, doesn't have a lot of time to really commit um, to practice time uh, and doesn't even really get to play, they might only play a couple times a month. Some of them might only play once a month, but they still want to be able to get out there and enjoy it, and they want to see some kind of improvement. So how do you make the most out of the time that they do have? I give them homework, and it sounds elementary uh, and it is elementary uh, things you can do in a high-rise building sitting in a seat that's going to at least keep skeletal muscular uh, maybe even uh, remembering how things certain things feel in your swing active in your active memory uh, for instance uh, I, a lot of people who do a lot of sitting uh, get very uh, I'm going to say too connected between upper and lower body. So I'll give them an exercise they can do in their office chair with casters, which allows them to separate upper and lower. And I tell them, and I have to do this too, because when I'm not teaching, I am my own chief cook and bottle washer. So every 90 minutes I'm doing these things myself, uh, getting right. up, walking around, separating my upper and lower by twisting and turning in my office chair, uh, remembering how to hold on to a golf club while watching TV, uh, standing in a doorway, doing a takeaway drill. Uh, anything's better than nothing. Uh, I learned that a long time ago at, at the most, uh, uh, most innocent age. So if 
if you're putting two minutes in each day to do a certain thing, that's better than nothing. If you're putting five minutes in a day, that's even better. If you're doing 10 minutes in a day, and which includes maybe a, a four or five minute brisk walk, that's better than nothing to realize is time is our most valuable resource. I say this every time I'm chairing a meeting and I thank everybody for it, but at the same time, I let them know that let's utilize this time correctly. And if you've got idle time, let's find something to do from a improvement standpoint of view, that is with clients where you feel like, hey, I'm getting something done and you can do it at home, you can do it in the office, you can do it waiting in a doctor's office, you can do it on a plane. Uh, I'm already making my list. I'm, a, I'm probably I'm being, I'm embarking on a plane trip across the country here shortly. I've already made a list of all the things I've got to do while sitting in the chair, just to make sure that a my blood circulating, uh, but b more importantly, when I get off that plane, I got to golf, and I'm going to make sure that I'm feeling what I want to feel when I go play golf. And it's something yeah. I'm going to regularly do. If the flight attendant doesn't like me, well, so be it. And it's going to look a little weird, but it, it's, you know, it's going to be effective for me. And that's what people have to realize. So to put your egos at the door, you really want to make some good use of your time. It, you, you don't have to be a super creative person to realize there's small things you can do daily to keep these things up, to be able to start at ground zero, tie point A, and be able to move forward with it. Right. Well said. And John, I'm going to, I'm going to pray that you don't uh, do anything uh, too terrible on the plane that uh, they end up escorting you off. I don't want to see you on the, the six o'clock news being carted off the plane for getting no, up my, in the, my the highways. My there to keep me in check. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jamie, I'm going to pose the same question to you. Um, you know, here, here's a scenario we've got uh, in our first scenario, the golfer um, doesn't have a lot of time uh, as a general rule, plays, you know, very sporadically, but still wants to be able to enjoy the game. How do you sort of put something together that will certainly give them some momentum in the right direction and hopefully draw them out to, to want to play a little bit more? So what, what do you suggest that we do for, in, a, in a case like this? Well, first of all, I want to say I like a lot of John's ideas, and um, I I work with my students and, and people I coach in that way as well. Um, people are busy. Time is, is a precious commodity, right? And um, right. so being able, yeah, you know, being able to have things that people can do that will improve their fitness, improve their uh, mind-body connection. I'm always uh, working on that. And um, their circulation, their energy flow, and also to uh, work on their what we call muscle memory. That can all be done in the office, in the park, at home, in your backyard, uh, in your living room, watching TV. That is not hard to do. Um, And years ago, I developed a lot of exercises, fitness exercises called Make Your Golf Club Your Health Club. Um, My my Bliss Fitness, Balance, Lengthen, Integrate, Stretch, Strengthen. So these exercises, uh, you use your golf club, which I think uh, golfers want to have their golf club in hand, and they help you to stretch all of your, your muscles in your body and all of your golf muscles. Then they also build into what I call swing patterning, how to pattern your golf swing during the three phases of the swing. Work on your backswing, work on your downswing impact motion and positions, and then your follow-through. So using your golf 
club, you don't need to go to the driving range. Certainly you can do these exercises on the driving range, um, even on the golf course, but it takes time to drive over there. It takes some money to buy the golf balls and all that. What if you could do that right in the comfort of your own home or right where you are, just walk outside in a little uh, green area from work? So it's possible to, uh, you know, utilize that time well and and using your golf club so that you're actually working on your golf body, your golf body-mind connection, and your golf swing. Um, I always think about the uh you remember on your maybe you had this on your report cards when you were little <laughs> in grade school but there was always a little right. thing that uh you know without use uses free time wisely so yeah you know, it's so important to get like a a very good or an excellent or a check mark in there a high check mark and yeah knows how to use free time wisely um and you know when we we really can optimize our use of time and um and accomplish a lot we can accomplish centering balance building stronger muscles stretching being more flexible actually patterning our golf swing uh focusing our mind these are things that don't cost any money they don't take any time to drive anywhere you don't have to go somewhere special and you can work on that all yourself and the beauty is that you get all the benefits um, because you're doing you're doing those practices, um, so you know I'm I'm very much with with John on that, and I too use my time when I'm I, I'm on a lot of airplanes, right, and sometimes long airplane rides, and I also like to use that time wisely. And you know yeah, we can do man. that as golfers, and all you need is to have your you know have your seven iron with you. <laughs> that's about it. Right, and 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 that's a that's a great point as well, uh, Jamie. You know, I think that for the average person out there that maybe has those time restraints, um, you know, we're, we're all in, in a position now that we, we have to maximize our time as best we can. So we have to become very good stewards of time management. And I think that you can always squeeze in, you know, three to five minutes somewhere in out, you know, throughout the day, uh, maybe even multiple times, depending on, on the type of work that you do where you can maybe squeeze in some of these different uh, drills and tips and things that we can put forth. Uh, and, and they don't always have to be necessarily even swinging a golf club. They can be just do things that, uh, that can help keep our fitness in check so that when we do get out in the golf course, you know, we're not all stove up and, and, you know, limping around because we're sore and just, and uncomfortable for, from sitting in a chair all the time. So, um, you know, well, there are a lot well, of great well, things that we can do. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, well, one of the beauties of the types of things that we're talking about is that it's not like we're cramming in something more that we have to do and then we're going to feel more stress. The beauty of these kinds of exercises is that uh, in the course of just three, four, five, ten minutes, we're actually giving ourselves a centering break, a breathing break, a focusing break. And these things are really very beneficial to our, you know, to our systems. It's good for our bodies and minds. Um, these types of breaks and to, to get centered, to get relaxed, to get focused, to breathe. Uh, these are the kinds of, you know, doing types of things that actually allow us to, to feel relaxed and rested and refreshed and refocused. So um, it's really nice, in particular in golf, which I always say is the most centering of sports <laughs> in the very act mm-hmm. of just holding our golf club, um, kind of right. dropping into our, right. our belly, our hips, our, our legs and feet, our lower body, making a rhythmic swing motion 
what we're really doing is giving ourselves, um, you know, a chance to be centered, to connect to ourselves, to clear our minds, to uh, breathe and get energy flowing through our bodies and through our systems. So um, golf is just, in every way, it's kind of, uh, you know, make your golf club your health club. And so these these types of using our free time wisely aren't cramming our our time with more things to do that will generate more stress, right. if anything. They're really uh, accomplishing that kind of dual purpose of allowing us to to get centered and focused and relaxed. Right. Great point as well. Uh, all right, uh, Jamie, take a deep breath because I'm coming right back to you for this next uh, scenario. Now, this particular individual or player um, has a little bit more time. They, they're able to get out maybe once a week uh, and play uh, play golf, and they can typically maybe instead of a few minutes might have a couple of hours that they can dedicate, uh, you know, to practice time each week, uh, maybe two to four hours, uh, again, depending on the individual. But So they've got a little bit more time than our first, uh, our first um, uh, golfer that we, we, talk, we just talked about. So my question to you for this is, what is a reasonable expectation of improvement if you spend that time wisely? So now you've got somebody that can play once a week, so at least three or four times a month, and maybe has a couple of, uh, hours or so each week that they can dedicate to practice. So it's a little bit more than our first golfers I mentioned. Um, but what are reasonable expectations here that that the golfer could uh, could look forward to uh, with this kind of uh, time frame? Well, for a golfer like that, what I like to do is to uh, take certain areas of the game and dedicate the practice time and the on-course time to a particular part of the game. So rather than just saying, oh, well, yeah, I can practice, I can play, um, it's saying, you know what, I want to improve this area of my game. So that may be chip shots, that may be pitch shots, that may be bunker shots, that may be trouble shots, that may be uh, 100 yards in, that may be mid-irons, hybrids, you know, whatever it is, fairway woods, drives, um, any part of the game, but to say, you know what, and this week um, or these two weeks, or it could even be a month-long project, I want to work on this aspect of my, of my game and to work on drills that, uh, and to especially focus on those clubs or those particular shots and to do that in practice and then to do that on the golf course. And in that way, with that kind of a focus, that area of the game will, I think a, a golfer can reasonably expect a, some significant improvement. Uh, the mere act of repetition starts to groove in competency and develop confidence. Um, and then so let's say uh, two weeks have passed or a whole month has been dedicated to um, mid irons, shall we say, you know, getting your irons on the green from 120 to 160 yards or something. Um, you know, uh, and then move on to another part of the game. Let's say it's putting for the next month. Um, you know, on the golf course, that part that's been worked on, I think the golfer will definitely be able to feel a lot more ease, familiarity, confidence uh, with that part of the game. Now they're getting on the green. Okay, and now we're going to, that person's going to really focus on putting. And of course, in putting, we've got lag putts, long putts, we've got short putts, we've got um, you know, reading greens, we've got 10 to 20 footers. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can focus on. 
um, <coughs> won't be boring at all. You can easily focus uh, on putting for a few weeks or a month and do all kinds of aspects within putting itself. And so then, but with after that focus, uh, move on to another part of the game a couple months down the line. So bit by bit, um, each part of the game is going to get stronger, going to get more grooved in. The confidence will be there. The consistency will be there. And as more, uh, you know, as each part gets kind of under the belt by having some real dedicated practice over a period of, of weeks or months, I think the golfer can expect um, some really significant improvement over a, you know, six to 12-month period. And it's really right. fun to take a golf improvement as a project like that. Chunk it down, in a sense, right, by parts of the game. Right. Um, <clears throat> Oh, um, and, it, uh, and then, uh, and work on it, work on it in practice and find all kinds of drills, talk to a teacher, go online. There's no shortage of, um, of drills and practices and ways to make things fun. Create little competitions with a friend, um, <coughs> compete with yourself, go out, with, you know, play a couple different balls from different places, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, the game will definitely, definitely improve. There's no way that it can't with that kind of practice. Right. Great, great points, uh, Jamie. Um, John, sort of feeding off of that a little bit, you know, what I'm hearing here now is that with this particular golfer, um, not only do I have the time as, a, as a, an instructor or coach to be more definitive on, on what areas of the game, as Jamie pointed out, that we can work on, but I see an opportunity as time progresses of helping this individual um, who does have more time to devote to practice, but also does get out and play pretty regularly, uh, at least weekly anyways, um, to be able to develop not only a great uh, pre-shot routine, but also a good practice regimen uh, each week as well. What are your thoughts on that? And, and what do you see as some of the expectations um, that a golfer might get fitting in this category? Totally agree with where you're coming from as far as making unique practices uh, that mm-hmm really focus on certain areas, uh, whether technical, whether merging and transferring, whether trying to put under realistic conditions and simulate, or actually trying to go out and test what, what you're doing. The first thing, though, is you got to drop the word expectation. I've talked about this before with you, Ted. When you've got an expectation, it's similar to a goal without a plan. An expectation mm-hmm. is, uh, well, this is where I should be. Well, great. What's the plan to get there? Uh, I think totally overlook that. that They've put in the time, but there's really been no plan to that time. Uh, At any level of instruction, at any level of skill, you've got to have a purpose to what you're doing and, and be fulfilling with it. And what I mean by that is honest with yourself, patient with yourself, and be willing to put in quality, not quantity of time because you can get a whole lot done with 30 balls than you could say with 70 if you're working a plan so to jamie's point she was talking about repetition earlier what's that repetition for is it to make the change or is it to instill some confidence is that repetition there because there's a major flaw in what we do whether it's pre-shot all the way to holding your finish and evaluating what's going on to, you know what, you can't take it to the course because you're not practicing like it is the course. You're not putting yourself in those real-time conditions so you can handle the pressure that you're putting on yourself. 
So the the plan can be very diverse. I think the more specific you are with that plan, the the better. And as far as an expectation goes, I, I like to use goals. I like to use objectives versus those things because it forces the golfer and myself as a coach to really work a plan. Have we done everything we need to here? Is there something else we haven't explored? Uh, what's realistic so you can start obtaining these objectives and keep growing them, which feeds confidence. Uh, the, the real key here is, are you really practicing with a purpose? And there's a ton out there that talks about that, books, videos, just like Jamie said, there's a ton of information out there. But I think what I see most off as far as time is there, people value time more on quantity versus the quality of what they're doing. And as soon as I can have them understand that, you know what, here's a bucket of 300 balls. We only hit 50 of them. We've been out here an hour, and we've gotten a whole lot more achieved than you hitting 50 in 15 minutes. Uh, right. that, that's powerful. That's very powerful, and it, and it leads to more expedited improvement. And you define that improvement based on statistics, obviously, what's good, what's not so good in, in your game right now but also where you want to be. There's people that have totally believe in the, in the shots gain stats that I've got to be a great driver. I've got to be a great this. I've got to be a great that. Fine. Set a goal within that statistic. Let's see if we can make it improve. But let's not just hit a bunch of balls for the sake of hitting balls because we're trying to improve it. How are we going to improve it and why are we improving it beyond just the number? Is it something that's really worthwhile or can we spend our time better utilizing a different number to put a plan together? And that, it, that in itself takes a little bit of time. So I'm always telling people before they show up, what's your goals, what's your plans, what's this, what's that? And before they strike ball number one, we're going through this to, have a, to, yep. to make sure we're doing the things correct by their time. Yeah, and that's a, a great uh, great points as well, John. Thank you. Um, you know, really, in, in this level of golfer, there's a lot of potential for not only the golfer themselves, but also for the, for the teacher and coach to really be able to define uh, and, or help them to define, uh, you know, certainly some attainable goals that they've set for themselves or they would like to uh, explore. Uh, obviously, unlike our first golfer that really doesn't have a lot of time, it can be very difficult to really try to manage, um, you know, any sort of real ag aggressive approach to their game because they just don't have the time to allocate uh, to be able to, to bring some of that to fruition. So, but with this uh, golfer in scenario two, we do have a little bit more time uh, to certainly be able to do that. And uh, so I like some of the, the, the suggestions that both of you made in, in, uh, in approaching that. And I think that's something that, uh, both golfer and teacher need to really uh, think about uh, as they move forward in, in, um, in, in their efforts. Um, John, take a deep breath because I'm coming right back to you this time. I always like to flip it back and forth to give everybody some equal time. Uh, so, John, I'm going to give you this, and this is the third scenario. Uh, and obviously, this is a golfer with much more time available uh, to commit to both play and practice. Uh, their primary objective, obviously, is that they want to see how low they can get their scores to become. This might be anybody from uh, maybe some of our college students out there that maybe are playing collegiate golf to maybe even some aspiring 
uh, Tour Pro. So uh, the question here uh, really is now that I've got this uh, amount of time, a uh, lot of time to play and, and commit to practice at this level, uh, their goals are going to be quite a bit different than our first two scenarios. So um, let's define a little bit how we want to handle a player of this caliber uh, or potential player. Um, do we have a little bit more time, let's say, uh, to really focus on developing strong fundamentals and etching out some of those areas that give them the most difficulty and focusing more not just on uh, practicing certain parts of the game, but actually developing a solid uh, uh, list of fundamentals to help really come up and tune up a, a great golf swing. Uh, John, and then, and then Jamie, I want you to jump in as well. The very first thing I let that kind of player know is that it's a disproportionate amount of time now. Uh, what I mean by that is to go from 100 to 90, 90 to 80, even 80 to 70, there's a lot of in-your-face, no-brainer things you've got to get accomplished to go as low as you can go, to become a scratcher better. There's a disproportionate amount of time spent in singular areas a lot of the time because you have to get a little bit more specialized while at the same time, understanding your strengths, those have to be maintained. And I think I see the biggest mistake being made by this type of player, that they work so hard on what they feel is a deficiency. They, they call it a weakness. I prefer to call it a deficiency because weakness just implies too much negative. They, they work so hard and for so long on those things, they've forgotten what got them there. So it's, it is a balancing act, having them understand that, hey, you hit a lot of greens. So let's still let work on hitting a lot of greens, and you've got to maintain that. But while at the same time, uh, when you miss a green, your, your bunker stats are, are bad or your uh, shots missed in the fairway, uh, aren't, they're not in the first cut of rough, they're in the primary rough. We need to work on that. It, it is a true balance. It's a little more nitpicky, uh, and it 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 doesn't go as fast. I can I can see someone going from 190, 90 to 80 if they're really diligent, have that kind of time in a year to get from say a 75 to a 65. Now you're really talking about some more involved time, and it may involve some time off the golf course as well, whether it's fitness dealing with a sports psychologist, dealing with a nutritionist, uh, whatever the case may be. But the other thing is to life balance it as well. I, I see too many mm -hmm. golfers get so, I'm going to use the term, sucked into their own vortex of golf that they neglect the other things that got them there, whether it's a strong family structure or maybe their job is, so good it allows them this freedom and time there's a really famous amateur golfer from the raleigh north carolina area paul simpson who had won numerous amateur at the very highest level championships insurance agent he built his own agency he literally built his agency so he could play in this type of event and when i'd see him practice when i lived up there it was very specific but what was neat about it, he knew what his strengths were, and he always balanced things out. Uh, I see that as probably the biggest mistake that these people make is that they forget what got them there. 
And you have to maintain that because if you're not maintaining that, what's going to happen when all of a sudden your deficiency is so good, you've forgotten everything else, where is that going to leave you? It's going to leave you exactly where you started. And that's really the key. You've got to maintain what you have while you're working deficiencies specifically to hit areas where the bigger improvement can happen in the shortest amount of time possible because that shortest amount of time possible is disproportionate to the improvement time that you spent going hitting those other benchmarks. Yeah, and that's a that's some great great points, John. Um, you know, now we're talking uh, really potentially an elite golfer uh, or potential elite golfer, Jamie. And one of the things that that really resonated that John talked about is becoming really hyper focused to the point where um, you're forgetting about everything else, and sometimes that can work against you. Um, so what are your thoughts here with this level of golfer that, that really wants to dig deep and, and get some of those lower scores and maybe, uh, they may necessarily want to get out on the tour, but they maybe want to play more competitive than our average golfer out there and really take it to that next level. Uh, and they've got the time and the resources to do that. So how do we get them started and what are some of the pros and cons or, or areas that we, as John discussed, that we have to be careful of? I would, just before I say a few things, just want to um, kind of reinforce what John said about the life balance uh, part of this, which is, um, and I like the way you said that about getting sucked into the vortex of golf. Um, it can really get like that uh, at that level. And, you know, you've got to remember golf's not all there is and, um, and keep right. some balance there. Um, maintaining your strengths and working on areas that, we all kind of know that uh, um, I'm losing. Where where am I losing my shots? Is it that I'm missing fairways with my driver, hitting them long but not online? Is it um, you know short short shots? Is it getting uh, some of the the um, say uh, fairway shots close enough to for uh, some one putts and certainly avoiding three putts? Is it making the short putts? Whatever it is, you know we know what it is and work on those things. So having said that. I think a couple of other aspects are important. And one is to play in a lot of different conditions. So play different golf courses, play different weather conditions, um, different uh, length of course, different types of courses, maybe uh, narrow target golf, uh, links, um, you know, all this kind of stuff so that, you know, uh, can really work on those different aspects of, of the game and feel comfortable in a lot of different conditions because that's what comes up um, and will really help to sharpen, you know, an elite player's game. And then together with that would be to, uh, you know, put yourself in conditions of competition, experience pressure, and become what I teach a lot uh, to leaders and to, to uh, top athletes is to how, to how to master stress. Because our stress reactions are biochemical, you know, we get charged up with adrenaline and cortisol, and that's that's cool. But it can also cause us to be jittery and can uh, offset our breathing. Mm -hmm. It can offset our judgment when the mind, uh, when brain function, neural function, kind of goes down to limbic reactive brain instead of the sort of um, prefrontal cortex where we can think more clearly and make better decisions. So learning how to handle pressure and uh, you know, being being in, in conditions of competition, and that does mean tournaments kinds of conditions. It also can mean, um, you know, going out there and 
playing kinds of fun competitions or with, you know, some money on it with the people that you, that you play with, but where it matters in, the, in a sense. You know, every shot really matters. You can't be casual about it. And that's, that, I think, sharpens focus and sharpens execution. And elite players, you know, want to have that, that kind of um, command of themselves and, and that command of their, their, their capabilities, their physical and their mental and their emotional game under pressure. Great answers as well, Jamie, and, and you really hit some, some great points. Um, you know, obviously for this level of player, their focus is going to be quite a bit different than uh, the first two players that we talked about or, or students, if you will. And I think that it's important, um, as both of you have mentioned, uh, is finding balance. Um, you know, golf isn't, I mean, we, we certainly, the three of us and, and many of the others that come on the program, we all love golf and we want to get out there and play as, as much as we can. Uh, but we also have to have other balances in our lives. And, and one of the, the uh, if I was to have a criticism uh, of some of these young players that I see out there is they get so dialed into golf um, to the point where they actually get burnt out. Uh, and we've seen this time and time again, especially with our junior players um, that are, are being pressured into, you know, getting to that elite status and being, you know, number one or being, uh, you know, in the top 10 all the time. And they're being pushed, 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 not only uh, by their coaches, uh, but also uh, by family as well to get to that elite level. And it gets to a point where it just becomes overwhelming. And uh, ultimately, they end up either having to step away temporarily from the game, which sometimes isn't always a bad thing, uh, or sometimes it's permanent. And I think this happens a lot too, even with our amateur players, our high handicap players is if we come on too strong, you know, for instance, let's go back to our, our first scenario for, for, for just a quick second. This person doesn't have a lot of time. Uh, they just want to go out and they want to have fun. So do we want to focus the emphasis on trying to reinvent the wheel with that particular player? Well, of course not, because if we try to reinvent the wheel and, and start from, as I said earlier, ground zero with that player, um, suddenly that fun factor is going to be taken away because now they're going to be spending what little time they do have trying to perfect their swing when really all they want to do is just go and have a good time in the golf course. So let's just make it fun for them. The next player, if you will, we can afford to be a little bit more creative in our teaching and our coaching abilities because they've got some time and they're prepared to spend a little bit of time, but again, not too much. So we don't, again, want to overwhelm them. Uh, Our top player uh, as we just discussed, and both of you very eloquently pointed out, we've got more time to be specific and really dial in on areas that's going to bring them to that next level. So we can afford to be a little bit more uh, aggressive, if you will, in, in our teaching and coaching styles. Uh, but again, we also have to be mindful that this person is a human being and they've got to have some downtime. So we've got to be careful not to overwhelm them with too much information and let them sort of find and learn uh, through their own challenges a little bit as well and not just sort of impose what we feel they need to do all the time. So uh, great answers tonight, guys. Uh, I think it was very yeah, – yeah, very – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just wanted to share with everybody a great quote from Annika Sorenstam. And I use this in my talks. It's in one of my uh, PowerPoints to, uh, to leaders. And her quote is this. She said, we're not uh, human beings who happen to be go- – uh, we're not golfers who happen to be human beings. For human beings who happen to be golfers. And yeah. so it's really about this human being that we are. And she added that 
uh, reaching my goal of number one was uh, about improving not just as a player, but as a person, as a total person. And, um, you know, in my PowerPoint, I've got a picture of her wearing a Mets jersey that says 59 (laughs) on it. And here's Annika, who is still to this day the only woman who has broken 59 on tour. Her record before she retired um, was certainly comparable in women's golf to Tiger's record, quite honestly, Um, although it was the same year. She she dominated women's golf um, in a similar fashion to Tiger. And But this was really what helped bring her from being a good player to a great player to really being, you know, world number one and, uh, and a legend in, in women's golf and in golf. And so she, it was, again, that attitude of, uh, and recognizing that it's really the, the total person. And so I think that um, this really is a very important area to address when we're working with um, – college or tour bound players or actual, you know, tour players is that balance is so important. And remembering that um, after a while, it's not just about tweaking your equipment more or tweaking, uh, you know, with all the the greatest technology in the world, these just infinitesimal points of your swing. It's really about managing this person that you are. And that means managing your body, mind, emotion, spirit systems and being really sort of what I call from the martial arts, the black belt, the master of yourself and of your energy. And then how you swing the golf club, how you handle all the conditions, uh, you're able to do that in a masterly fashion. Well said. All right, guys. Well, great way to uh, end the uh, Coach's Corner segment tonight. Um, I'm going to give both of you just a, a moment or two to let the folks know if they want to reach out to you and uh and learn a little bit more about what each of you do so uh jamie uh ladies first go ahead and let the folks know how the best way to reach out to you and um then we'll go to john they can reach me via my website which is www.kiigolf.com k-i-a-i golf.com which comes from of course aikido and um uh, or reach me at jamie j-a-m-i-e at kiigolf.com would be my email and they can also um, actually directly give me a call, uh, which is 760-492-GOLF, 760-492-G-O-L-F. I'm pretty good about getting back to people. And I offer, of course, um, you know, individual coaching and seminars, golf schools. I also work on these aspects of the self, <laughs> polishing the self, uh, managing stress, and the elements of peak performance, uh, mental game, rising to lower scores, golf fitness, that body-mind connection. So um, a, lot of, a lot of really fun, interesting stuff. I'm, um, I would say, a holistic innovator in the game of golf, and I really enjoy working with, with individuals and with, with groups and organizations. Perfect. So make sure for those tuning into the show to reach out to Jamie. Uh, John, what about yourself? First off, uh, thanks, Ted, as always, for having me on. Jamie, great to be with you as well. Always an honor to be on with you. You can reach me really easy, as I always say. Everything's John Hughes Golf, whether it's .com, hashtag, at, Facebook, whatever it is. If, if you can remember John Hughes Golf, you have a really good chance of finding out who I am, what I'm about, and contacting me. also want to put in a short plug for Vic Williams of Golf Tips Magazine, who recently 
redid their list, and it's now a top 25. I'm very honored and humbled to be, once again be a part of that listing. And for those of you looking for video tips, I put out a video tip every second Thursday right after this show. I won't be on next week because I'll be in Palm Springs with PGA Business, but you'll still be able to see that video tip of the month next week. Perfect. And uh, John and Jamie, as always, it's a pleasure to have both of you on the panel. And uh, I look forward to having you join me again next time. And uh, as we uh, get uh, close to closing out another successful season here on the Coach's Corner panel on Golf Talk Live, of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'll be sending out the schedule uh, for next year. Uh, so uh, keep some dates in mind, uh, everybody, and, and particularly you guys. Uh, I hope you'll come back and, and join us again on the Coach's Corner panel. But uh, thanks and have a great evening. And uh, if I'm not uh, speaking to either of you before, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Ted, and thanks for all you do for us and for the game of golf and all your listeners. We we all appreciate you. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ted. Thank you very much. All right, have a good one, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, all right, that was my very special guest uh, on the Coach's Corner panel. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Jamie Leno Zimron and John Hughes. Uh, always do some great work here. Uh, let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Thursday evenings uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, always uh, uh, look forward to have you, the listeners, tuning in each and every week. Uh, we, uh, as I mentioned all the time after, at the end of every show, uh, I certainly do get a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment of having uh, some great guests and some great uh, fellow golf professionals uh, to join me. And uh, each and every week, we've got some interesting discussions and always have some very insightful interviews to follow the Coach's Corner panel. Uh, let me just remind everybody, of course, uh, we've got a great uh, sponsor of the Coach's Corner panel. Of course, I'm talking about GolfSwing.com. And here's a little message from them to learn a little bit more about what they have to offer. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? GolfSwing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, GolfSwing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, GolfSwing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better, scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at GolfSwing.com. All right. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, both Jamie and John for, for coming on the Coach's Corner panel, and particularly uh, for the folks at GolfSwing.com for uh, coming on board and sponsoring the Coach's Corner panel. So thank you, guys. Uh, and don't forget, after the show, visit uh, GolfSwing.com and check out. They've got a great uh, online video academy that you can join uh, for a very, very reasonable price. So check it out. And uh, also, at the end of the show, uh, I will be uh, going out to my social media uh, sites, and I'll be putting... Uh, the next uh, video installment of uh, a great uh, golf professional, John Decker. I'll be featuring the third video uh, in a short series that he put out. And of course, he's got literally 100 uh, and I think now about 180 videos on GolfSwing.com. So you want to make sure you check them out. And he's just one of the top instructors uh, that works with GolfSwing.com. All right, my very special guest tonight is the director and founder of Elite Golf Group, uh, LLC. Uh, he's also the president and founder of the PGTCA, which is the Professional Golf Teachers and Coaches of America. Uh, he was also the 1992 National USGTF Teacher of the Year, 
and the 1995 Teacher of the Year uh, for the PGTCA. Uh, please welcome my very special guest tonight, Mitchell Crum. Good evening, Mitch, and welcome. Hey. Um, how are you how doing? Are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great, Dad. Uh, Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So, um, Mitch and I actually met, uh, met face-to-face yet, but we actually um, met through a, a social media platform called Alignable.com, uh, which is really a, a, just another business network, if you will. And, and Mitch actually reached out to me um, and uh, wanted to sort of exchange some ideas. And I thought uh, what he's doing was of, of interest, and I wanted to share it with the audience uh, so we, we set it up, and he's actually not only going to be joining me tonight uh, to talk about uh, one thing, and I'll tell you in a second what that's going to be, but he's going to be coming on uh, actually the week after Thanksgiving. I believe it's the 27th. He's going to be coming back, and we're going to be talking about something equally as important. So, um, Mitch, let me just start things off this way. Um, maybe you can just sort of give a little bit more background, if you will, uh, on your golfing experience uh, and where you sort of got things started, and then we'll we'll move into tonight's discussion all right ted yeah i've been in the golf school business for about 35 years um i started in the golf school business back in the early 80s um back when i started that was before the internet and this there was three or four of us golf schools that were in golf digest or golf tips or golf magazine there was no internet so come a long way since then seeing the good and the bad of the golf golf school industry so um we're just kind of trying to take it to another level and instead of working against all these pga pros and other pros out there whether they're lpga or usgts mm. or pgtca you know kind of do something that's together since we have so many websites so we're we're looking for uh pga pros lpga pros that want to get in that have kind of their own little golf school in their own little community maybe have a great resort that they put their students up in or something like that. So we're kind of going into more of the, you know, where we have a full-time marketing and advertising team, more of the broker side of the business and helping other golf professionals out, which we don't charge them anything for their advertising. Um, we don't charge them anything for a page on one of the 20 national websites we have. Um, you know, we're, we've been in this so long, like California Golf School is, is, is one of our websites. Arizona golf schools, you know, couples golf schools, senior golf schools. So we want to kind of branch those out and use those websites and help other pros out. And then we just take a commission off the back end um, for doing the marketing, the reservations, and setting everything up for their clients. Right. And, and it's a great, uh, you know, a great partnership, if you will. You know, when you and I talked on the phone a little while back before uh, when we were first setting up tonight's uh, discussion, um, you know, you explained a little bit about the sort of the business model, um, if you will, of, of how things work, and, and you've touched on a little bit here tonight. But I want you to, to maybe explain uh, to the listeners out there a little bit that really what makes Elite Golf Group, this is obviously what you were talking about, the sort of the flagship, if you will, of, of sort of the umbrella of putting all this together, um, really makes it one of the best golf school vacation choices. What, what, what is it that you do that really sort of sets you apart? Well, the biggest thing we do is been in, been in the golf school business for more than 35 years, going on our 36th year. You know, not only do we just do the golf, golf school portion of it, whether it's a four-hour, five-hour program a day, 
we do everything for the students. I mean, what they want us to get their airfare, we'll get their airfare. We'll put a give them a twenty what we call twenty four seven travel butler that will have the rent a car ready for them when they show up coming from New York to Florida, you know, in the winter time, having their rent a car ready, having their room ready. Um, you know, we can customize pretty much anything, not just a hotel room. Let's say they want a group of six people are coming down. They want a two-bedroom or a four-bedroom house, you know, that's close to the golf course. You know, we work with uh, a lot of the vendors and offer things like that. So we can offer a lot more than just um, the golf school that the one guy's the one guy's at home. And he's teaching all day. Well, we've got a full office staff that can take care of, you know, the reservations, take care of their travel details, take care of their getting their golf school set up for them with one of over 85 PGA, LPGA pros that we have. But, you know, we would like to send the people to their location where we know they're taken care of. They have vested interest in their location. We know the people are going to be taken care of. So you're not going somewhere, number one, where, where you're, you're showing up and the, the guy's maybe been working three or four years. Um, the guy just comes in a place to do the golf school for the day really doesn't know much about the area that doesn't know much about the golf course isn't doesn't work at the golf course so it's a lot better off when we're sending students to somebody's location where they're the director of golf where they know everybody that's there they can take great care of them um we just sent four people out to tucson um just fantastic experience um they had just because uh the golf course was the director of golf was the head pro which took care of getting their teaching professionals and getting their lunch and getting their balls and getting them tea times. And so they really had a great experience, you know, um, their hotel, like their restaurant was getting renovated. So he sent them to the golf course next door, which he knew the pro for lunch and they had a great time over there. And then one day they did a barbecue outside. So it just takes a lot of pressure off um, us. If we know that when we send clients from all over the world, they're going to a place where somebody's got vested interest in that location, knows everything about the town, where to go to eat, where to go to, they want to drink, you know, just, just everything about bringing somebody into a new community or a new town, the person that there is there, we really feel like needs to know everything about that town. So it just right. it's kind of taking it to another level. You know, in the past, golf schools, guys would travel. They would, they'd be here in the winter, here in the summer, there in the spring, there in the fall. So this is kind of more where we've got guys at all our locations now. We'd just like to expand, but we don't want to expand to where we have to send our own people in. We want to expand to places that are already up and going, have their own yeah. little golf school, run their program, yeah, run their own program, sell their own price, don't compete on price. Prices will be the same, whether it's they're getting them from their website or our website. Um, so that way we're not competing. We're just another marketing tool for golf professionals that are out there looking for clients. Yeah, and, and really, if I understand everything, is, is essentially what you are is you're really a vessel, if you will, for um, our, our golfers out there that want to get connected with um, some great professionals around the country. You're offering a, a, great, yeah, a great service. And, and let me just to, to sort of emphasize the point that you were just talking about, um, you know, all the different things that you do is essentially you're almost like a concierge or, or travel butler, as you said, um, your organization Correct. and getting all of the, the details that a lot of times the, the, the PJ or even the LPJ pros, they don't have time to do all that. And uh, sometimes Absolutely directly because not. they're, 
they're busy. You know, right. and, or they, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Right. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, you know, mainly, you know, they might have an assistant that can help them to do some of that, but they don't have time to do the hotel reservations and that. Uh, their focus really and their expertise, uh, expertise, excuse me, is out in the golf it's course teaching. and on the teaching. Yeah, exactly. So for them, that's it's correct. a win-win and, situation. You know, that's what this is all about. Yeah, it's a win-win for us. We're getting a great PGA, LPGA professional or PGTCA or USCTF. Somebody that's got some experience but works at the club, knows everybody at the club, knows the area, and it's just, you know, they don't have time to do that. I don't know. I've taught for 30-some years, you know, until um, I just got MS. I haven't taught recently, but, you know, you don't have time to do anything except teaching. I mean, when you're teaching eight hours a day, you really don't even have time to pick up your phone, let alone talk to somebody about your program for 45 minutes or half an hour when they want to ask some questions. So, you know, we're just giving a number, another service that will pretty much copy what they got on their website, same rate, same package, do all that, put them on 20 different websites. You know, we're, we're up in all the search engines, the SEO. I don't know how many of the PGA pros and, or the lady pros know about that, but they know if you're not on the first page, you're not getting seen. So, you know, with right. senior golf schools, couples golf schools, best golf schools, Golf schools X Y Z, you know all the different golf schools we can put them on. Hopefully they'll get some exposure. Plus, when somebody calls and says, "Do you have something in the Sarasota area?" we can say yes. You know, instead of "Oh no, we're only on the east coast of Florida." Right. So you know it helps right. us by giving our clients more more advantageous locations or where they're exactly looking to go instead of trying to push them somewhere else. So you know it's not only a win win for them; it's definitely a win win for us getting good quality pros and good quality locations. You know, and then let's say well, they're packed on the day we book somebody. We got pros that are in the area that we can send over a pro to help them out for the three days. So that's another thing we can help out with too. Right. And and that's that's critical because a lot of times, you know, with, with some of the other traditional golf schools, um, you know, whether it be something like a Dave Pels or whatever, I mean, it could be months and months and months before you get into some of these schools uh, because they have very limited uh, accessibility um, or their schedules are such. So a lot of times they can't go to some of these other schools that are advertising out there because they're booked for the next, you know, three to six months. So it's good that you have that backup resource that if the pro that traditionally is at one of the locations uh, doesn't have availability, you've got some backups that can come in and sort of pick up the slack. And that's that's a great feature to have. Correct. You know, and then, you know, the, the great feature is that, while the pros are out there teaching, we can, uh, you know, we would always call them first anyway. We'd say, hey, Bob, do you, we got, I got four students want to come down there January 15th to the 18th. How's your schedule looking? We would never book anybody. None of the salesmen would book anybody until we talked to the pros that joined the win right. program first to make sure it fits in their schedule because we're not doing any good if we give them a nightmare that they have to uh, – you know, triple book, and then they don't have a pro. I mean, all those pros, everybody's been in the business sure. has gone through that, and it's just not a good thing to have to go through when you're trying to pull in a pro from who knows where. Right, right, and it's also not good uh, overall for business because if they do overbook, then you've got, you know, customers coming in that are disgruntled because they're, they've been overbooked and, and whatnot, and then it's just not a good experience for, for everybody. So this is why it's important to have – um, you know, or an organization like yourself uh, and a group like yourself well, that you know, really sort of oversees that. That goes with everything. I mean, you know, that goes with everything. Even like the hotels. Many We've been in hotels for years and years and years, and 
there's people, you know, the hotel at the front desk is there's a big turnover. So the person that's actually working the night the customer comes in, they might not know anything about the golf school. So it's important for us to not only be a liaison before they get to the to the teaching professional, you know, but during their check-in, during their rent-a-car, making sure before they leave home they've got all their everything they need to make their vacation a lot smoother. And, you know, the teaching part of it's one aspect of the golf school vacation, but there's a lot of other intricates that go into that to set it all up before the student ever gets to, to the pro. So it's just going to help us that we don't have to worry about that part of it. Once they get there, we just got to make sure they get there smoothly and, and their rental car is ready for them and their hotel's ready for them and everything's uh, good to go when they show up in Fort Lauderdale or wherever they show up, whether it be Las right. Vegas, California, you know, Palm Beach, wherever. Well, and, and also what you create, uh, Mitch, with your organization is an opportunity for them to have a variety of experiences, not just, uh, you know, a, a sort of a one-stop uh, school that, you know, they can only go to Orlando or whatever. You've got various areas, multiple areas around uh, the U.S. that they can go and visit. So if they want a different experience, so let's say, for example, you've got a group that books this year, they want to go down to Florida, um, maybe uh, next year or in another year, they want to go out west and, and want to experience some of the, the great golf and, and opportunities out there. Uh, you have that available. They don't have to then call somebody else. They can go through your organization, uh, Elite Golf Group, uh, and get those multiple experiences uh, by sort of a one-stop shop in that respect. Would you agree? Correct. I would do agree. You know, that's one thing that, that we can do and take that time off the professionals. We can do everything. I mean, if, let's say – um, a, an elderly couple wanted to travel from, let's say, Canada to Palm Springs. Well, for a lot of them, they don't want to mess with the airfare. They don't want to mess with the rent car. They're not really – they haven't been on the Internet as much as uh, our kids and stuff. Right. They didn't grow up doing that, so they don't even want to mess with it. So those are things right. we can help them with, and we, we can make their a little bit easier and give them more and just, okay, we got you coming in on the 13th, get here on your own. So – you know, we got a 24-hour hotline that all the customers can call in. If they want, if they're in Las Vegas, they want to see a show, they call us. We'll book it for them. We'll have it ready for them. If they want a limo, we'll have a limo ready for them. So, just kind of depends what they want. And um, you know, our whole goal is not only to give them a great learning experience in the game of golf, but to also give them a good travel experience too. Yeah, and that's that's critical because, I mean, obviously, you know, with the advancements of the Internet and things, you know, people can uh, don't always necessarily have to go through a travel agent. They can do a lot of their own booking. But when you're dealing with something like this where, um, you know, there's a golf school and you've got all these other ad, add-ons uh, potentially that they can uh, tap into, and as you said, hotel and uh, car rental and that sort of thing, um, you know, it, it can be quite an undertaking for a lot of couples or, or individuals or groups even to have to be able to, to micromanage all that. So it's nice to be able to call up or, or what have you and, and go through your organization and say, this is the time frame we're looking at, you know, the second week of March, we want a, a great golf experience. This is where we're kind of thinking of going and what have you got for us? And you do all the legwork for them. So really their part's done other than hopping on the plane or, or what have you when it Absolutely. comes time for them to, to make their trip. And that, that's a great, great advantage uh, to be able to have that uh, in, in your repertoire. I, I really like that a lot. 
Well, you know, um, it's just it's just almost got to that point with the internet and 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 the how much it costs to 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 get on the first page and how much it costs to maintain websites and how much it costs to pay for your domains and how much it costs for just the daily thing that most teaching professionals. If I was teaching, I would not have time to do any of those. So I, I'm blessed that right. that I can do those. So now that I can't teach, I'm spending more time in the office so I can do those things. And 35 years of experience really helps me in all that facets, whether it's uh, how to get the best rate at a hotel or whether it's, uh, you know, where to go for the cheapest rent-a-cars. And then, then, then we have some of our own travel sites that the customer can actually go to if they want to look for and compare prices and things like that, they're more than welcome. So, you know, not only are right. we trying to get them in the door for the golf professional at the lowest price, we're trying to get them in, you know, their, their rent a car for the cheapest in their hotel room. Um, so we can actually, because it's very, very competitive. So we need to get, not really what you're selling is for, it's what you're buying it for. And, and, and all the pros out there are trying to do golf schools know how expensive it is to bring a group of four guys in and pay for the hotel and rent a car and their food and make sure, you know, they got golf each day. It's, it's a, not only logistical wise, it's very difficult. It, it costs a lot. So if you throw advertising on top of that, now you're really getting right. into costs and it's just very difficult to, you know, make a dime in the business. So, you know, yeah, if so we you, can all yeah, kind of share some of that, share some of that, we can all make some money is the whole idea. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying is you, you've really brought together a group uh, you know, essentially under one umbrella uh, to work together a, as a team. And that's, you know, a, a, and what I like about that, and this is something that, that I have had as a criticism. I mean, you know, I'm uh, in the Panama City Beach area. So uh, that sort of panhandle area, one of the criticisms I have in part of that area, not certainly the whole area, but is that uh, that sort of complacency with a lot of the, the local golf courses where they're not really reaching out uh, outside of their communities to, exactly. to get new business. So, uh, and, and in this day and age where there is so much competition and there's so much potential exposure, I mean, just throwing up a website for your golf course, uh, you know, that's great. It gives some general information, but if you're not aggressively going out there into the market and trying to get people to come to where you are, um, you know, you're closing doors. And, and if you look at statistically the number of golf courses that have been closing up over the last several years, obviously, you know, there's recession issues that were involved, but, a lot of it was simply the fact that there's so much, uh, you know, product out there and competition. Yeah. So, you know, again, this brings back to what Elite no, Golf Group is doing is, is, is managing that very effectively for your clients. You know, Ted, and you said a good thing there. Like, it's a shame that we don't have a location in the panhandle, and we don't. Mm -hmm. But what a great spot to have on your Florida Golf School dot com location and couples golf schools and senior golf schools that's a location where there's a lot of uh, people that would like to go to so you know it's not the fact right. that we wouldn't like to be there but the fact that we just don't have a professional there and we just didn't we don't open places where we don't have professionals so you know if sure. there's any professionals in your area would like us to send them some clients and we'll get we'll do the legwork on getting the resorts because you guys got plenty of them down there and a right. very nice place for people to go play golf, and people should be going down there to play golf. You know, if you look right, at exactly. uh, we we send people to to a great pro Tim Pagel in Daytona, and it works fantastic. Uh, he's there; we know he's there. He's at a great course. He's going to have his staff there. Um, he does a great job. He's been in the business, I think, forty years teaching. So, 
you know, we know a lot of people that have been in the business over 30 years, and, and you know, it just works good when we have a place to be able to send someone. We know this guy's been teaching for 30 years. We don't have to worry about the students not enjoying the instruction. So, and, and I don't think the good teachers in the country, they're not out there teaching anything crazy. We're teaching good, solid fundamentals to these people right. that come to golf schools. I mean, mo- most people have their, having a regular job. They don't have much time to practice. They like to play three or four times a month. They want to get better. If we can give them some good, solid fundamentals and give them some course management and, and teach them some short game stuff and give them some drills to go home and work on when they do get a time to go to the range, they're going to get better. And, I mean, and, and all good pros will tell you that. If, if they stay with their program and they go home and practice the stuff they teach them, the, these students will get better. And, you know, it's nice that when you know a student's going to come to your school and they're going to go home and they're going to have improved when they come in, they're going to improve on their what when you know, two years down the road, they're going to be an improved golfer. Right. And, and one of the best ways of really expanding that, uh, that part of the business is by word of mouth. I mean, you can't ask for better advertisement than that when somebody or a group comes to one of your locations, uh, you know, across the U S and has a great experience from, from start to finish, they're going to go home and they're going to tell their buddies and they're going to tell their business associates. I had a great time when I went to, you know, here, there or wherever, uh, and this is who I used. In fact, I remember years ago having a, a similar experience. Uh, you know, I was looking to go to Myrtle Beach, and I just at the time it wasn't to a golf school, but just a, a package. And a friend of mine used a company at the time, and he said, "Hey, I had a great time." So yeah, so yeah, exactly. And uh, so I wrestled up a couple of groups, and we went down there. But you know, it was again through word of mouth. It wasn't through um, you know somebody right. you know hit me over the head. So. This is something that you want to make sure that experience. Something else that I want to point out that I think is is very, very important, uh, Mitch, as well, is, and and this is really a staple uh, at your golf schools, and that is uh, that you offer the, uh, or they offer the official uh, V1 branded golf academies. Um, For those out there that don't understand what that means, maybe explain a little bit about that and and why that's important to, to really emphasize on. Yeah, V1s, you know, there's a lot of different systems out there, and I'm sure the pros use different systems out there, but we've just found for the golf school student, um, being a brand academy is fantastic. Any pros that get involved that aren't on V1, we can sell them. You know, we pay a certain price per month, but they they get like half price. Like I think it's $50, $45 a month if they want to get on a brief where they can use V1 uh, for their academy or whatever, but it just works fantastic. And like when the students show up, we put their name in, we put their email in, and we take what we call before pictures. Well, that's pretty much what you're spending on that first day. You know, grip, ball, was this imposter alignment, working maybe a touch on some backswing faults and then some downswing faults. And they've got that before video. Well, by day three, you just pick your iPad up or your phone or whatever you're using you log back on V1 branded and you do their like what we call take home video and show them, take them inside right. and go a side by side comparison. And, and it's amazing, you know, just from the grip to the ball position to the posture on how some of these students change. But once yeah. they change that and learn to get on path and playing it, it's just amazing what happens to their body, you know, whether, whether they're working on path and blade first or whether they're working on grip ball position, posture alignment first. It's just amazing the difference. But not only can we do that while they're at the school, but we can maybe put a couple of drills on there. Hey, Pat, I'm going to show you the two drills we talked about. Get in front of the camera. Let me take a picture. You can send that off to them. So when they get home, 
they got a before and after video on their e- on the email. They've got a few mm-hmm. drills on email, and then uh, what we like to do is offer them, you know, if they want to send in their swing once a month. The pro takes 30 minutes and does. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Things look good. I see you got the ball position finally in correct position, and your backswing that's really good. You're starting to turn behind the ball now instead of swaying or whatever the issue is. And in 30 right. seconds, the pro can just do a, a, a little uh, follow-up, and, and the people stay on track. So, you know, V1's really simple to do that. It's really simple to keep in touch with your clients. You can post it all online, you know. So it's one thing if pros aren't doing, we, not only can – can they improve their private lessons by maybe, you know, they can do a blitz email, send out to uh, 60 of their students at their local course saying, you know, we're having a short game plan next Saturday. It'll go to everybody's email that they've done lessons with. So it not only helps the golf school pro, but it helps the the, the person that's uh, working at the local country club doing private lessons and stuff. So it's, it's just a great tool. V1's done a great job with it. It's come a long way. I mean, video from – 30 years ago, I remember yeah. <laughs> when I was at a, uh, working with Michelle Redmond. I'll tell you this. This is funny. I was working with Michelle Redmond 20-some years ago um, at an LPGA event, I think in Chicago. But they didn't even have mirrors where you put them on the green. I used to take – if you remember the old bathrooms where you'd take yep. the mirror and slide it and you pushed it up on the track and pulled it out yep. of the track – I took the knob, yeah. I took that out of the bathroom, took the knob off and put a piece <laughs> of masking tape across it, made an X on it, and took a razor blade and made a hole to put the ball on. And, and people would walk, walk up and say, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to get our eyes over the ball. But, I mean, that's how far it's come. I mean, two pencils. <laughs> right. We used to use two pencils and a string. So the video, we did the video with the big camera. I mean, I remember the VCR was on my shoulder. That's as long as I've been in it. So, you know, yeah. the V1 Brands <laughs> Academy for, for me is, is as good as it gets um, because you can use an iPad. You can use your phone. You, and you get pretty darn right. good quality. I mean, you know, oh, the, the better yeah, the yeah. iPad is, yeah, it, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you're getting, all the pros are – go ahead. Yeah, you're getting HD quality now even on your on your cell phones. I mean, the, it, yeah, you're, it's just amazing. It's it's like night and day. And, and, and it's important, as you, as you were alluding to, you know, the, the, the pros have to keep up with the times and they have to be willing to change. And, you know – one of the things that I just want to sort of reiterate that you mentioned a few moments ago is uh, that at your golf schools that you're promoting, that all of the pros, uh, you know, you're looking for a minimum requirement, if you will, of experience. So you're not just, as you said, getting somebody that's sort of just fresh, uh, you know, out of uh, golf school themselves yes. out there teaching. You're getting experienced uh, individuals that are trained specifically what to look for. I mean, they're, they're doing assessments, uh, you know, when these students are coming in, um, you know, based on their current situation and they're providing, uh, you know, some sound uh, advice based on what's available out there now, but they're not just, you know, pushing some swing theory or, uh, or what the latest golf gurus got uh, advertising on TV. They're teaching sound fundamentals, um, you know, based on years of, of their experience. And the other thing, too, what I, I like that you, you mentioned that I, I really want to focus for the listeners out there is the fact that they offer, a, you, you know, you offer a great follow-up program with the pros as well, that it's not just about coming down to the golf school and, and you know, taking some lessons and working, you know, whether it be, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, um, you know, for a number of days, uh, but there's a good follow-up program that the pros do as well through the V1 Academy and, and others 
to be able to uh, let the students know and check in with them and say, hey, you know, how's everything going? And let's talk about this and spend some time with them. So that is, is great for business as well, but it also shows the student um, that there's customer service is important to the pros as well. That's right. And, and the pros are going to get return business out of that. I mean, if he spends five minutes during the year keeping in touch with that student and doing two or three 30-second follow-up videos to keep him on track, they'll be amazed how many people will come down there to see him in Florida year after year after year after year. So it, it's really yeah. not only a professional courtesy to, to stay on top of your student, but let them know that you care about them. And, and I mean, too many times being in the gospel business, people just run them in and out like cattle and they really don't care what happens to them when they go home. So we want people to know that we do care about you once you leave us and there is an avenue if you want to take advantage and download the app on your phone that you can take a picture, send it in to us, and your personal pro will do, get you back in and for do a minute follow up or just whatever issues you're having. You know, you can take it, you can have your your wife take it of of you on the golf course when you're hitting it real bad and say, tell your pro I'm hitting everything right. I hit five in a row right. Here's what it looks like. Boom, send it off to him. He's on the golf yep. course or whatever. He picks up his phone and in 35 seconds, they can say, you're swaying way out in front of it, Bob. Remember, you got to stay behind yep. the ball or, or something simple. And it's just amazing the camaraderie after five or six years of staying in touch with somebody. They're not going to go to another pro. You're the one that right. you're the one that got them to understand in the first place, and they look forward to that trip. You know, they might want to go somewhere else from, you know, so, so you know, we'll have all, we have all, and maybe you might recommend Joe down in, uh, Arizona, say, I say, hey, you're, you tell them, you, you know, you'll be the one talking to them. And if they say, where should I go in Arizona? And they say, well, we got this place in Arizona. One of my best friends works at this place. And, you know, hopefully that person will be on doing our golf schools for us so we can send them out there. So it just everybody's scratching everybody else's back. Instead of fighting against everybody, we're helping each other out. And exactly right. And that's really how we grow the game is, is being able to work together. And that's really my point that I was saying earlier with a lot of the, uh, unfortunately, there's still some, some courses out there that are kind of doing it old school and, and figure that they can, you know, drive in the parking lot in the morning and open the doors and people are just going to flock yeah. in. And that, that type of business model just doesn't work in the golf industry. I mean, golf has become an international uh, sport um, much more than it was 20, 30 years ago. And there's a lot of competition. It's not just competition for uh, folks here in the United States, but for uh, folks abroad that are traveling to the United States that want to have that great experience. So you want to make sure that, uh, you know, they're being well looked after because there is a lot of competition. And uh, exactly. obviously, you know, the U.S. Is, is still the biggest golf market. But, you know, over time that may change if, if uh, things fall through the cracks. So it's important that uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Something else I want to touch on real quick and then uh, we'll, we'll move on is, um, also, maybe explain a little bit. This is something that um, more and more uh, golfers out there are starting to, to experience now in, in their everyday instruction, uh, but also more golf schools are, are realizing this, and that is really on-course golf instruction. Talk a little bit about that from, from obviously a golf professional standpoint, why that's important as opposed to just coming up to the practice tee and hitting you know, uh, dozens of balls out into the driving range, why it's important that you're actually getting some on-course instruction as well. Well, you know, we believe that, and everybody knows, I mean, I think Hogan said it, that the golf course and the, and the driving range are two different animals. 
and and us being pros, we know we got guys. Take, we have a lesson with the guy. He'll stripe it, and then we send him on his way. He comes back four hours later and says he hit it like crap. Well, he probably hit it like <laughs> crap because he's thinking about every move the whole way around. So you know, it's really vital. We feel like you know, you know, we we don't want to come in and tell these pros how to run the program. We just feel like it's advantageous for the, if they take the student out on the golf course one or two or three days in the three-day program, not only to give them a little bit of course management, but also when they hit a bad shot on the golf course, they need to understand the reason what we were working on for the last two hours on the range. That's the shot it causes you on the golf course. Because most people do not know what's causing their shot to go way right, way left, top, or whatever issue is. But if they go out on the golf course and they understand that this is what we're working on to get rid of that shot right there that's killing you, it really gets the students starting to understand. And then we feel like, you know, 50% of the game is played inside 100 yards. We feel like you, that's really a great place to show the customer and to teach the customer what we call the performance zone, which – you know, these pros can call it anything they want, but that's like the importance of chipping, pitching, and putting, you know, the different aspects of it. When do you use a seven iron compared to a wedge? When do you use a lob wedge compared to a sand wedge? I mean, people now think they go buy four wedges, but they have no idea what the when they're supposed to use the different four wedges that they have in their bag. So the on-course instruction is invaluable for the 100-yard and in-game, but it's also invaluable from the tee back, too. So you know, once you're starting at the tee, some people don't even know what side of the tee to tee on. And what, why should they tee on that side or this side, depending on what the issue is of the hole. So the on-course, we like to get the students on the course. And it's really, especially for our couples golf schools or our senior golf schools, where a lot of our schools are two-to-one ratio, and it's just the right. husband and the wife out there, they tell us it's in value. Because the husband's been for 10 years telling the wife the incorrect thing on the golf course. Because they do like to play together. They enjoy golf. They want to be together, so they go play golf. But the husband's out there telling the wife, or it could be vice versa, the wife telling the husband, you know, the wrong stuff for 10 years. So they really enjoy that when, you know, you can say, see, Mary, that's what Bob's doing all the time. You see how far back his ball position is, is off his back toe. But to Bob, it looks like it's off his front toe. So it's nice to have another pair of eyes, not actually to coach him, but just to give them those one or two tips that the pro wants them to make sure it's correct every swing, you know, right. like uh, making sure your ball position is good and your grip's on there somewhat correct. So, you know, those little things, the couples really like that. They've never been with a pro on a golf course. They've never seen why their wife tops the ball. They're telling their wife to keep their head down. And, and the wife's topping the ball because their arms are pulling up. And so once they understand right. what's causing the spouse's issues – it really helps them to enjoy the game more. It takes the game up another level for them, and they spend more time together. So, you know, we really like that aspect of it, and we just think it's invaluable to the students to get them out on the golf course after you give them those lessons in the morning. Right, and, and again, it goes back to that win-win situation. You know, one of the, the, the you know, concerns that I've always had when it comes to couples is, as you just pointed out, you know, a lot of times, and, and let's be honest, it's usually the guy's, uh, doing the criticism, and this is why, you know, yeah. when you look at the golf industry, yeah, you know, look at the golf industry right now, and the biggest growth right now is women coming into the game uh, at uh, roughly a third to 35% of all new golfers are female. Yeah, uh, they're exactly interested, you know, from, from, yeah, exactly. Uh, they're interested from, they understand now that the business advantages of getting into golf, 
Uh, and also a lot of them, there's also many of them as well that want to, uh, you know, they see that their husbands have been playing for years and they want to feel a part of that community with their husband. Um, so the last thing, guys, right. for, for any of you listening out there that are married, um, if you want to improve the, the uh, divorce rate here in the United States, uh, let the pro do the work with your wife and, uh, and, and not try to teach her, um, you know, work on your own game with, with the pro and, and let uh, him or her help uh, – help your spouse uh, with her game. And I promise you when you go out there and, and hit the links together, you can have a much more enjoyable experience. Um, so let's very quickly, uh, and then I want to talk about something else here uh, briefly a little bit uh, for those that want to get more information on where to start. Uh, so they're listening to the program here tonight and they want to go get more information. Is there a general website that they can be directed to? Uh, and then from there, yeah. you know, they can look at some of the different golf schools. Where do they go? Are we talking uh, golf professionals or golf students? Uh, golf students for, for now. Either. Oh, okay, yeah, they can just go. The easiest one, I'll give you two. They can go to golfschools.xyz instead of .com.xyz, or they can go to bestgolfschools.com. Probably the two easiest to remember. And then the, okay. all the information's on there. There's a location page. They can just click on that, and that'll bring up all the locations. And then they click on that, and that'll take them into the location pages. And they just need to make sure they scroll all the way down for all the information on each page. They can always call us. There's always uh, 24-7 availability. Um, maybe they might not get a live person, but somebody would call them back in 15 minutes or less. So if somebody doesn't answer the phone, leave a message, and they can call, they can call us at 800-756-5052, um, or they can request information. They don't even have to call us. They can go to that golfschools.xyz, and there's contact. They can contact us through that, and we'll get back to them, put a package together um, from A to Z for them. So, you know, hopefully in a, if any of the any PGA teachers, LPGA teachers, anybody would like to get involved, they can always get a hold of me just at Mitch at golf school, golfschools.xyz. So it's pretty easy to remember. My first name and then golfschools.xyz. Perfect. Um, so they can reach out to you through email and if they're interested in, in getting into the program, if you will. I think it's a great, you know, uh, concept. Like I said, you know, obviously golf schools have been around for a long, long time and and uh, there's certainly a number of them out there, but um, you you give a, a very well-rounded um, repertoire, if you will, of, of having so many golf schools available in a lot of key areas across the United States, uh, not just all in one central location. So, um, you know, again, f for those, as I mentioned earlier, that maybe want a little different experience, um, you know, not that, hey, uh, we all, we certainly want them to come down to Florida, uh, but maybe they want uh, more of a West Coast flair. They want to go to California or Arizona uh, or, you know, even here back here on the East Coast, maybe they want to go to Myrtle Beach uh, or somewhere else in the Carolinas. Um, you know, there's a lot of different options for them to, to go to. Um, now, let's talk about for just a second with the, with the pros. Uh, so for pros that maybe reach out to you, um, what are some of the things that you're looking for um, what's their involvement? I mean, obviously they're going to be teaching in that, but what are you looking from them? So if somebody's interested in, in reaching out to you tonight or in the next little while, um, that is a golf professional, 
um, what do they need to keep in mind and what do they need to understand as far as a commitment with this? Is it something that they've got to jump in 100% or is this something that they can piggyback onto what they're currently uh, doing? That's exactly right. We don't want to take anything away from what they're already doing. We want to just make what they're currently doing bigger. So basically we would, we would like all pros to have at least 15 years of experience or more which I'm sure most of them that will contact us will be done doing this for a long time. Somehow we get into it when we're right. young and, and we're still into it when we're 55 and 60. But we love the game, and that's why we've been in the game for so long. So definitely right. want some experience. But what they need to know is that we don't want them to have to discontinue anything. We're going to take exactly – we don't want to compete with them on their own program. So we take exactly what they're selling now – we just let's say they they're doing a program that does no on course. We might say we really would like to add on course one day to your program that we do, and this is what we're going to charge extra for it. So because the pros got to work another couple hours, so that would be the only thing we would tweak if they don't do some one of the things that we feel like is really really important when a student are coming to your school. And plus, it'll get them more business. I mean, most clients doing this thirty years. They like the on-course instruction course, so I don't think that would be a problem. You know, we'll give any professionals, they're going to get part of um, $150,000 to $200,000 yearly advertising. They'll, be, they'll have their own page, which will pretty much be a copy of their page. You know, some people are like, let's, they might have two or three pages. It depends on how much stuff they want us to advertise for them. So, but if somebody looks at it like right now and wants to go to where you're at in Panama, you said Panama City, that's where you're at close to? Yeah, Panama City Beach, that's correct. Yeah, so let's say somebody wants to go there. Well, now they we don't have anything. So let's say you were a professional and we set your place up. Now they would have a, a picture of Panama City. They'd click on that, and that would take them into your web pages. All the information about you, a little bio on you, um, exactly right. what your program, your package includes, where the customer stays, um, prices at the bottom. The prices would match your prices on your website exactly, so we're not competing against each other. Um, right. You know, we have a full marketing team, sales team, reservation team. So then we let's say somebody, we got that all set up, and then somebody called and said, hey, Mick, um, we're looking to bring a group of four people, Panama City, March 17th, 18th, and 19th. Well, we would say, let me check on the availability of that for you. I'll call you back in 15 minutes. So we would just text the pro or call the pro. We'd have set up best way to contact them because we know they're giving lessons. So we would just ask right. if you're available for four people on those dates. So once they're done now, once, once they give us the okay to do it, it's all on us. We'll, do, we'll make their reservation for their hotel. We'll make the reservation for whatever else they need us to make, rent a car, airplane, whatever. But they're, they're going to meet that pro. Then we send the pro um, a reminder that on March 15th at 845, these four people are meeting in your pro shop for a three-day program. So they take it from there. We just make sure the people get there, and we make sure the pro gets all the information he needs to run, run smooth on his end too. So the pros are all prepaid, which is another good thing, um, mm. whatever, because basically to do the packages with the pros, when the student books, the pro gets his percent right there, and then we just take our percent. Right. So we give the pro their credit card. They go ahead and charge it for, for what their fee is. 
So it's the it says that you know, and then we just take our commission on our side. So everything's prepaid when the student shows up there. Um, if we do lunch or something like that, we go ahead and we set up a whatever they feel like at their course would cover lunch, $15 a day or whatever. We pre-do that and make sure that's taken care of everything, too, before the student ever show up. Greens fees, we, we try to get, you know, they've already obviously got packages set up for their students, and we just, they sure. go ahead and pay what they want, and they charge us. So it's kind of a win-win, get them more clients, um, kind of eases our bookkeeping where we push that package to them, and then we just take our commission up the back end, and, and make sure the customer is taken care of and gets to the professional um, on time that morning. So it, it's like everything we've been saying. It's really a win-win for all of us. We take care of the stuff that they can't take care of because they're teaching golf, and then we just want them to um, take care of once the student shows up, give them hospitality, and make sure they leave happy and with some good knowledge. And, and you know, get, all the professionals got involved. You know, we look at the location. We'll, we'll – do some, you know, we've got some graphs where people are going or charts or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, we're probably not going to send somebody to backwoods of uh, Kentucky that nobody wants to visit and there's no hotels within 15 right. minutes. So <laughs> those kind of things. Right, right. Those kind of things, you know, we probably wouldn't do. But it, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't try to help the pro out or give them some advice because those pros are important too. I mean, that you know, that's the hard ones, the ones that own those little public courses in a, in a, ten, a town of ten thousand. So, um, right, not necessarily right. we we could maybe do something for them or whatever, <laughs> but we would give them definitely some advice. But we need places like Panama City. You know, we right. need pla- we have places in Orlando, but there's a lot of great pros in Orlando. We'd love to go to some spots in Orlando to give our clients more of. You know, some more on the the West Coast. Naples is a great area. So. We've been right. in and out of all those places, you know, over the years. But it's just tough if you don't have somebody that lives there and you know they're a good quality instructor and the people are going to have a great time once you turn them loose to them. So, you know, that's, you know, being in the business for so long, you, you've seen people that probably shouldn't be out there teaching. Um, right. Not to disrespect anybody, but, but they really shouldn't be out there teaching. I mean, it's not like the old days where – you worked underneath a pro for, for 15 years before you actually gave your first lesson. I mean, I probably should have gave every student that came to me the first four years their money back. <laughs> if you want to know the, the truth, not many right. good pros knew what the heck they were doing the first four or five years. So it just takes right. that long to, to understand this crazy game. So, you know, yeah. we just, well, we it's just a, it, want to be known for good. Go ahead. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a learning uh, curve for any business. I mean, you, you have to de- sort of develop your chops, if you will, and, and whatever you know business you're in. And golf is no different than that. So I know exactly what you were you're getting at, um, Mitch. I, I want to just and, and literally because we, we don't have a lot of time. It's hard to believe that this hour has pretty much flown by. Um, but I want to take a few moments because, I, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the broadcast, um, you're going to be coming back towards the end of the month uh, for another discussion about something else that I know that's important to you as well. So I wanted to kind of set this up. So. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about something that I know is near and dear to you, and maybe you can share that uh, very quickly with the audience um, about what we're going to be talking about uh, next time you come on. Yeah, Ted, I'm really looking forward to that, and I, I really appreciate you um, having me on twice. So what we're going to be talking about next time is multiple sclerosis. So um, 30-some years in the golf business, and now all of a sudden I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to give some of this teaching to more of the golf pros out there because I have a, a management team to take care of the reservations. But my focus really in the last two years has been to learn the fundraising business. And I've started an organization called the MS Golf Project, where we're going to use golf not only to build awareness, but to uh, make some money for some unneedy families. So I have a lot of friends in the business that have been hurt by MS. You know, everybody I talk to knows somebody's got MS, but they don't know what MS is. They don't know what it does to people. So, you know, 30 years in the golf business, I'm really blessed. I mean, if I was anything else besides what I do right now, I'd, I'd be in really a bad world of hurt. So I'm sure there's breadwinners out there that are, in a bad situation because of MS. So if we can help any families along the way, that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, I know I'm friends with a lot of PGA professionals or PGA professionals, and we're going to do try to do one or two big tournaments a year, but I'd like to get any pros involved. Our big thing is to have a pro-am at your course, you know, and get, mm-hmm. get your course involved. So that's something that we're working on. Our website will be done or it has to be done by the next time I talk to you, which I think it is the 27th right after Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's kind of been a, a venture for me. I mean, five years now at the MS, I knew nothing about it. I mean, golf was my whole life. I spent from 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night for 20 years on the golf course and on the, the tee box, and I didn't spend much time in office. You know, I'd come in maybe once or twice a week and just make sure things were good. So, it's all new for me to be in the office, but at least I can do something around golf and, uh, you know, use golf to get people to understand what multiple sclerosis is all about and try to raise some money for, for, for people and, and try to do some awareness campaigns and things like that. So I've been for two years tra- trying to figure out this fundraising uh, nonprofit stuff, but I, I think it's a great cause. I think I was meant to get EMS because so, I can help a lot of people um through the project than I ever could through the golf school. So that's that's what I hope to hope to get accomplished and, and it'll be up and running the first of uh December or, or when I talk to you and and um I think I think maybe I'm gonna have a special guest for you. I haven't confirmed that but okay. we'll keep that. But people would love to to, to hear him because it's stri- strict to his family too. So you know, it's like I said, right. a lot of people have somebody they know in their immediate family that, that is dealing with it. And if we can just uh, use golf as an outlet to get awareness out and to help some people, um, it would be a great thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and Mitch, as you know, being in the industry as, as well as I do, that like no other uh, game out there, golf has given back to so many great causes and, and obviously – um, you know, it has been used not only as a, as a business tool to grow and develop business, but it's also helped uh, support so many great charities that obviously the PJ and the LBJ tours uh, do a phenomenal job. And, and, the, and the, the, not just the uh, teach professionals, but the touring pros uh, give a lot back and, and um, you know, they sure do. And I mean, game, you know, that's yeah, a great a, thing to say, Ted, because they, most people yeah. don't know that they really, really do all of the LPGA girls too. Yeah. Amazing yeah, what the they LPGA do is, for people week in and week out. Yeah, the, yeah, the the legends of the game, the the you know the Nancy Lopez's and and all these other on the women's side and so many other great professionals. The LPGA organization has done so much as well as the PGA and and many other organizations. And there really is uh, no other game out there that gives back as much 
to, to various charities uh, like golf. Nobody even comes close to golf, and, and that's statistically been proven. So uh, it's a great game to be a part of. And, and Mitch, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, I, I wanted to give really the message that I wanted to create for this evening was first and foremost, let's talk about the golf schools and what the great opportunities, not only for uh, the students out there, but obviously for our fellow professionals uh, to, to become a part of your team, if you will. Um, but I also wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about something else that's become very important to you. And I didn't want to lump that all into to one hour. I wanted to give it. So that's why I you know, wanted to express um, to have you come back because I feel it's an important enough topic um, that we really need to get that message out there. So uh, that's why I wanted to invite you back for a second time um, uh, later in the month. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. And, and as you said, hopefully uh, we're not going to take the lid off yet, but hopefully we'll have another special <laughs> guest that will be able to join us uh, to talk about that as well. But um, Mitch, uh, very quickly as we get ready to wrap up here, if you can just let the folks know, uh, again, where they can go to learn more information about the golf schools, the students I'm talking about now, and then also the pros yeah. that are listening, how they can reach out and touch you. So uh, those websites again and, uh, and your email. Yeah, the website for people looking to improve their game is golfschools.xyz. So www.golfschools, that's with an S, .xyz. And if the pros want to, any pros want to get a hold of me and learn more about the program, they can feel free. They can get a hold of me in my personal email, Mitch at golfschools.xyz. Perfect. Well, Mitch, I, I want to uh, thank you first and foremost for for connecting with me on on uh, uh, you know through social media. I'm glad that you uh, took the the time and the opportunity. I I, I believe that things happen for a reason. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier I on the broadcast, right. um, you know, you reached out to me and, and uh, was looking for an opportunity that we can somehow help one another. And I'm uh, always glad to, to give airtime for, for some great, uh, not just business opportunities, but a great cause as well. So I'm glad that you took that time to do that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to do what I can to, to help you uh, in both areas. So, um, Mitch, thank you again. God bless, my friend. And I look forward well, to yeah, talking to you again Thank you in a so few much. Weeks. And God does work work in mysterious ways he surely does i mean <laughs> we kind of just we kind of ran together on by faith i think and i think that's the way it happens uh you know it's you you're trying to do something that's near to your heart you know you can help people and, and to change something that you've been doing for 35 years it, it's a tough situation so i've had things fall into place and, and there's somebody out there helping me out along the way so um i know we can do some good for people with ms and, and that, get the word out and i really appreciate your help and great talking to you tonight and i look forward to talking to you have a great thanksgiving um yep. talk to you after thanksgiving and i'm sure i'll be hearing hearing from you yeah i will i will definitely be yeah i'll definitely be reaching out to you uh, well before the next show um but uh, i want to thank you for for being my very special guest tonight and keep up the great work and uh, I will talk to you soon, and, and I look forward to you coming back and joining me on the 27th of November. So have a, a safe and happy holiday yourself, and uh, God bless you for what you're doing, and thank you for being my special guest tonight. Thanks, Ted. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and great holidays to you and your family too. All right. Thanks, Mitch. All right. Good night. Bye. All right, that was my very special guest, uh, Mitch Crum, the director and founder of Elite Golf Group, LLC. 
and also the president and founder of the Professional Golf Teachers and Coaches of America um, was my special guest this evening. And as I mentioned, uh, he will be joining me in a few weeks, uh, the week after Thanksgiving, he'll be coming back and we're going to be talking uh, about uh, MS, uh, of course, multiple sclerosis, which is a uh, debilitating disease. And uh, not only has he been afflicted, but uh, also um, has been uh, in touch with many others, uh, not only in the golf industry, but uh, uh, others outside that he wants to uh, find ways to help uh, make things uh, a little bit better for them. So we're certainly going to do all we can uh, in the golf industry, and I'm certainly going to do what I can to help him uh, spread the word. Uh, Again, I want to thank also Jamie Leno-Zimron and John Hughes. Uh, did a great job on the Coach's Corner panel tonight and uh, always look forward to having their thoughts and input into the show. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to thank all of the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning into Golf Talk Live each and every week. And as I said at the beginning of the show, I have a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment of having a, a number of highly talented coaches, teaching professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs stop by and it's really through their participation and guest appearances that have helped to make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. Special thanks to some of the sponsors and supporters of the show. Uh, first and foremost, thanks to uh, the gang at GolfSwing.com for reaching out and supporting the Coach's Corner panel uh, over the next little while. And also, Jonathan Laird, uh, great supporter of the show at South Coast Golf Guide. Go to SouthCoastGolfGuide.com, a great uh, publication uh, here in the southeastern part of the United States with a lot of great golf courses in there. Uh, also, my friend Meredith Kirk from Meredith Kirk Golf. Uh, go to MeredithKirk.com. Uh, she's uh, been a great guest on the show, a, a fellow golf professional. She's an LPGA uh, professional. Uh, also, Nikki and Tiffany Litherland, thanks for helping uh, to spread the word. My good friend, Mr. Bernie Pinder from OnticGolf.com. Uh, Sean Kelly, owner of LinkedGolfers.com. And, of course, my good buddy, Peter Doyle from Doyle Golf Solutions over in Ireland. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. God bless, and I look forward to seeing you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. Take care, everybody. <laughs>